Welcome to the Tech and Main Presents Podcast with your host, Sean St. Hill. Sean is the CEO of Tech and Main, a technology consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Listen in as thought leaders share their tips and insights about what's going on in the world of technology. And now, here's your host, Sean St. Hill. Thank you for joining another episode of Tech and Main Presents, where we bring you the best insights from today's leaders and experts in technology. Today, we will be speaking with Dr. Oren Aton. He is the CEO and co-founder of Odix, a technology company that provides advanced malware prevention solutions on patented content disarm and reconstruction technology. Oren, say hello to the Tech and Main Presents audience. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Oren, it is such a pleasure to be able to speak with you, and thank you for taking time to be with us today. Why don't we go ahead and jump right in and have you share your background with our audience? All right. So first of all, my academic background, I graduated uh, my bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Tel Aviv University, and then I graduated both my master's and PhD, both in electrical engineering from the University of Texas at Arlington some years ago. I actually uh, majored all of them in electrical engineering. I spent 25 years with the Israel Defense Forces, with the IDF. My last position, I was the head of the cybersecurity unit of the Israel Defense Forces. I was responsible for protecting all the IDF infrastructure. Let's say that this is the best uh, cybersecurity school for everyone because you are facing the real threats and the real cyber attacks on a daily basis and you need to uh, handle them. And now I'm uh, running uh, Audix. It's a cybersecurity company headquarters in Israel and also offices in uh, the United States and Europe. And... Um, we are protecting a lot of customers, a lot of enterprises with our technology, and we are proud to do that. Well, Oren, thank you so much for sharing that background. I do want to ask, though, you were the head of the cybersecurity division, essentially, for the Israeli Defense Forces. When we think of the IDF and the great training, the great background that IDF officers have, what would you say is the most important characteristic of an officer or someone that has that that type of background? So officers in general, not necessarily cybersecurity guys, but officers in the IDF, they need and they are trained to lead. The theme is you are the leader, you need to lead, and in particular, to be an example. Look at me and do the same. This is the theme that all the officers along the years are, you know, educated and trained because at the end of the day, you know, as you grow with the ranks and I, I retired as a colonel from the IDF. So you see that you manage and you are leading very large organizations uh, and very large amount of people that all of them are looking at you. So you need to set the right example. That's a great answer. And I appreciate you sharing that. One of the things that I found is a common theme with the men and women that I've 
interviewed over almost two years in doing this podcast, the ones that have a military background, there is a keen sense of honor, integrity, and as you mentioned, leadership. And that typically carries over into the roles that they have in civilian life. So thank you very much for sharing that. All right. So Oren, you're there at Odyx. You have a wonderful product. You're working with a wonderful team of people. But tell us, what has you most excited about the work that you do on a daily basis? Let's distinguish between the prior to the coronavirus and the COVID-19 period. And okay. <laughs> during the COVID-19, before the coronavirus, and we have here offices in Israel. It's most excited to me, you know, to come to the office and meet my team. Okay. The team is our strength. So I meet all the people here, talking with them, discussing with them, and everyone has his own challenges and I'm helping him. So the interaction with the people, that's what makes me, you know, wake up in the morning and really feel great about it. But now during the COVID-19, most of the company are remotely working. So every day, only like between five to 10 people are at the office. So at this period, I have different challenges. The challenges is to be able to communicate with my people all the time and be able to listen to them, what they need, because it's not a simple situation. You know, at one hand, we say, okay, uh, working from home is great. You know, you don't need to wait at the traffic jams and you spend one hour in each direction and so on. But on the other hand, we are all social uh, human, and uh, we need this interaction. So the big challenge is how to really communicate and then how to solve all the challenges that I have as the leader of this team so they will be able to really move forward and feel like, you know, everything like as usual. Orn, I think most leaders have found it to be a different set of circumstances dealing with everything during um, the pandemic. I'm curious, though, with the offices that you have here in the States, how have you been able to keep those team members engaged during the pandemic? You see, with the office, with the remote offices, we didn't, you know, we flew a lot. So we used to visit the U.S., uh, many times Europe, we were traveling a lot. And in fact, this is significant cut in our expenses in the traveling. In the last year, we didn't travel at all. We didn't travel, no hotel expenses, accommodation and all this stuff. So we're doing everything with Zoom and Teams and uh, with uh, virtual meetings. Okay. You get used to it. I mean, it's... a. Uh, when you add the video and you have high quality videos and you are, uh, you know, you get to know each other. So it's not like a face-to-face meeting, of course, but it's still, uh, you know, you can transfer your messages. You can have thorough discussions. Uh, you can reach decisions and you can, you know, collaborate with people which is the the most important thing. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Thank you for for elaborating on that answer, Oren. And so, Oren, I do want to find out, you've got 
your clients there at Audix and obviously you're providing a service, but what would you say is the biggest cybersecurity issue your clients are facing? Well, I think that in the last year during the, the pandemic and uh, all this period, a lot of our customers start to work from home. Not only us, but everyone. Uh, work from home become uh, a general matter for everyone. And on top of that, we have a lot of public, federal, state, and cities as customers. And they, on one day, they stop to have face-to-face meeting with the public. They do not accept the public where they used to, and they got everything remotely. So it turned out that people work from home on one hand. On the other hand, all the customers either are citizens, they would like to uh, send in, you know, tickets, driving tickets, or, or CVs, or invoices, or whatever they would like to upload to the website, of the organization, the traffic become enormous because everything is done through this channel and not by face-to-face meetings. So this is the fact that actually happened during the COVID-19. Now, if we thought that, you know, maybe the hackers will show some solidarity with the world and say, well, the world suffers from pandemic, let's reduce the cyber attacks, The opposite had happened. They took advantage of the fact that people work from home. They took advantage of the fact that people sending more and more traffic and more and more uh, data over the electronic links and over the digital media. So what we uh, face is that more and more cyber attacks that go to the websites of the organization in order to get the traffic, in order to uh, steal either data or money or secrets or whatever. But we see the attitude that more and more cyber attacks because of the situation that happened and it opens a lot of, let's say, doors and windows for the hackers to penetrate into. So... This is uh, what we really ex- experiencing in the in the last year, and it's it's very very powerful. And uh, you can also read and see and evident that there are so many uh, cyber attacks that happening around the globe. Not only I mean in one place, but everywhere. That's a great point that you bring up, because when you think about the pandemic, especially as it relates to Like you said, you know, everyone now having to work from home, face-to-face interaction is no longer there. All of your transactions and commerce are digital. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether, like you said, you're submitting a CV, if you're paying an invoice, right, you've got all of this traffic, if you will, going back and forth. And given that it's the pandemic, you would think, oh, well, you know, bad actors would kind of step back and allow good to happen. But of course, they haven't. And so it's good that companies like yours, like Audix, are there to help deal with these issues. So that's actually a nice segue. How does Audix and your patented technology help address those concerns? 
Okay, that's very good. So first of all, sanitize files. We are able to disarm malware from files in 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 the traffic in every channel. So if you if we go back to the example and we have specific customers that we really help them with that. So they have their website that is now their gateway to the citizens and to the world. So we are now uh, interface to the website. And every every document, every file that uploaded to the to the website first go to our server, either on prem or in the cloud. We provide both services, and we sanitize the files, make sure you know the the documents are okay, the files are okay, and clean. And once we verify that, we let them into the organization. Okay. So we provide a very good control over the the traffic and make sure that all the heavy traffic that become, for example, I give you an example because the Israeli Ministry of Health is one of our major customers. Okay. So he was, you know, kind of a government customer, uh, a moderate one. Now, during the COVID-19, the Ministry of Health is, is running all the research about the coronavirus, all the tests for and all the test results from the corona from millions of people. We, we are facing enormous traffic with the Ministry of Health. The increase by order of magnitude, all our presence in the uh, Ministry of Health as a result of the additional traffic that is generated during this uh, pandemic. And this is only one example because we see it almost everywhere. We see increase in, uh, in digital and electronic traffic. And there where our solutions are suitable and provide a solution to really make sure that you know this traffic is clean and we take out all the malware. And one of the our strengths of this technology which is very unique, that we are able to remove also unknown malware because we are completely agnostic to the type of the malware. Because of these algorithms, and we have like five patents issued in the US and several patents issued across Europe, this technology is completely agnostic. The way we do it, that we disarm the the file from the malware and then reconstruct it is so unique that we completely agnostic to the type of the malware so we can give you a fully functional malware-free file ready to use and ready to go. One thing that I came across in doing some research that I thought was really interesting, and I want you to elaborate a little on it for me. Um, So you mentioned the ability to sanitize the files. Right, which is obviously you know what the customer wants, but you don't change the file type. So, if a word document is the file that is being sanitized, you keep it as a word document. You don't change it to another file type extension. So that that keeps the integrity of that original document. And so if you could just talk a little bit more about that, I I found that to be fascinating. Assume that what we're doing is, and, you know, I I even like this term, uh, similar to the CDR, to the Content Disarm and Reconstruction, I use the term deep file inspection. 
Okay. What we do, assume that what we do, we break, we break the file to the smallest parts and to the smallest components. And then we are running a very deep analysis on each portion of it. You know, if we see kind of an image inside or if we see, we, we, we test it and we said, okay, this is a, a good portion, uh, we can take it. Or if we see some links inside, there might be some links that we want to make them not clickable because, you know, it depends on the customer how he wants to uh, follow. And we are one of the fewest companies that really able to analyze links and URLs within the attachment, not in the email body. There are a lot of anti-phishing products that are using, looking for phishing in the email body. We are doing it in the attachment itself. And this is a new way for hackers to penetrate is to hide the URLs within the attachment. So we are able, we break it to the smallest parts or the URLs. Uh, if we see a piece of code and so on, we do a deep analysis of each portion and it's part of it, and then we reconstruct the file only from the good portion and the, the components that really passed all our tests and we said, okay, these are good and they can move forward. So this is uh, what we are doing and that's the reason we don't need to change the format of the file and that makes it so unique. When I saw that, I was like, oh, that's actually very amazing. So um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for elaborating on that. All right. So, Oren, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I do want to just ask your time in the Israeli Defense Force. How did it prepare you for what you're doing now? It's like, you know, you, you're working in a, a very large scale uh, cyber arena, and then you take all this experience and Actually, you try and you bring your experience to the civilian world. In this case, in the cyber operations, cyber attacks, and also cybersecurity, the militaries and the defense forces around the globe were much ahead of the civilian market because a lot of the armies were really uh, relied on technology, very high tech. Uh, weapons, very high-tech, you know, vehicles and all this stuff. So once you are so advanced with the technology, it also opened door for the other side to try to attack you. Right. So it turned out that, you know, on one hand, you want to be at the state of the art of the technology, but by doing that, you know that you might be vulnerable because... You know, this, uh, all this technology can open doors. You can assume that if there was now an army that doesn't use any computers, so on one end, he lost a lot of his capabilities, but nobody can hack this army. But so you need to come to a trade-off when you said, okay, I would like to use really the state-of-the-art technologies, but I want to protect them in the best way, so they will not be uh, the point of failure of this army. Because if you plan for your army and you plan everything on a technology and then you have a single point of failure, it can destroy the entire uh, process and uh, the entire move that you plan. So I learned 
that in order to do cybersecurity, you need to be very, very professional. It will be excellent and you should know how the other side is thinking, how hackers are thinking. And, you know, sometimes put yourself in their head and, you know, see how they think and then uh, respond and react accordingly. And all this experience brought me to the idea, you know, how to help organizations and enterprises to protect themselves uh, against cyber attacks. Oren, I love what you said. You have to be professional. You need to put yourself in the mindset of the hacker and know how they think and then respond and react accordingly. That is great advice and that is a a great perspective. All right, so Oren, now we're going to find out a little bit more about you personally. The first question I have for you is, name your favorite musician or band. All right, let's split this question to two because... perfect. We have the Israeli culture, and uh, my favorite singer, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago, Ari Einstein. Okay. I would say he's, he's the national singer from my point of view. Best songs, very deep uh, using of the Hebrew language and the music. It's incredible. Looking globally, looking globally, and I'm not that young. Uh, so I really like the music of Simon Garfield. The songs of Barry Einstein and the, and the music are, I'm not saying similar, but, you know, you can find some similarities. There are, you know, songs with deep meaning and uh, very nice music. And uh, so this is my preference. Okay, great. I hope you like it. Oh, great choices. Actually, well, so funny that you mentioned. Um, so obviously I had not heard of Ari Constant. Definitely Simon and Garfunkel. Um, growing up in my household, um, my father was the one who played a lot of music and he did play a lot of Simon and Garfunkel. Bridge mm-hmm. Over Troubled Water would be yeah. a, a favorite. I can remember hearing that. And then, of course, when Paul Simon went on to do his solo career. My father um, loved a lot of Paul Simon's solo career as well. So yeah, very familiar with with their work. Okay, so Oren, how about a favorite hobby or pastime? My my favorite hobby is, is obviously sports. Okay. And among the sports is basketball. And I love basketball. I was a player in basketball in Israel. Okay. My son also was a basketball player in the in the major league here in Israel. He had a, a much better career than myself. He was a much better shooter, and uh, I love to see basketball. I went to see all his games, and I also looking in games of the NBA when I'm okay with the hours difference. So... Uh, I'm also sometimes wait for, uh, you know, watching some NBA stuff. I think basketball, you know, it's very intelligent game and uh, I like it very much. And Israel's produced a number of phenomenal players. I know there's um, there's a young man that just got drafted. Danny. Danny, yes. Abadiah. 
in Washington. Yes, the Wizards, yes. The Wizards, yeah. So And uh, Omri Caspi, before Omri Caspi was uh, several years with the NBA. Yeah, I remember Omri. Okay. See, exactly. But I, I think Israel exports more cybersecurity experts than basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, Oren. <laughs> Agreed. And, and, it's, and it's interesting that you touch on that because truly Israel sets the standard when it comes to cybersecurity. There is an organization here in the States, I think it's called YL Ventures. And, mm -hmm. you know, they invest heavily in cybersecurity companies that are Israeli-based or have some connection to Israel. And when you look at what those companies produce in terms of solutions and leaders in the cybersecurity ecosystem, Mm -hmm. There's not anyone that can touch them. In fact, there are a lot of U.S.-based uh, VCs that invest in uh, Israeli startups, particularly in cybersecurity. A lot of the U.S. VCs have branches in Israel because oh. they they okay. found out that a lot of the business comes from Israel, so they have their branches in Israel. A lot of the major VCs have branches in Israel as well. Okay, well that 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 would definitely make sense. All right, so. Oren, when we are not in the pandemic and you were looking to take a vacation, what, what is your favorite place to take a vacation? My favorite vacation, I used to go every year with my wife to do ski, usually in Europe, okay. close to Israel. So we love skiing. It's one week that, uh, you know, you go to the mountains skiing, Forget about everything. Just, you know, you and the mountain and the challenge of the ski and the snow. That's amazing. This year we couldn't make it, but I hope next year we'll be able to make it. It's also a sport, even though, you know, I'm not I'm not a skier from, from my childhood, so I cannot compete in the ski. But I mean, and I started in a relatively old age with doing ski, but... For me, it's kind of sports and, you know, relaxation and, you know, with the, the skis and it's great. That's a, a great sport and vacation getaway as well. Oren, what one person are you following that's innovative? I think I will surprise you with this answer. Okay. Because it's not uh, Elon Musk or, you know, all these guys from the, the high tech. The guy that I'm really following is uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Yuval Noah Harari is a historian and a philosopher. He wrote several books. The most famous book is The Sapiens, A Brief History of Humanity. Oh, okay. Humankind. Yes. This, uh, and this was the, his first book. His second book was uh, Homo Deus, A Brief History of Tomorrow. And now I'm reading his third book is uh, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. I like in his approach that he's thinking out of the box. He's really thinking in a different way. He was trying to do some modeling from humankind. So he looked, first of all, 
in his first book, he was looking at the past. He was doing some modeling and he was trying to analyze the behavior of empires and countries and religions and so on. And then he moved to the future and tried to project a lot of what he studied and understand and modeled into the future. This is fascinating. It feels like, you know, it's it's real. And uh, when you read this, you can say, wow, where are we going with the future? We don't know what the future is hiding for us. But his, uh, his analysis is, uh, is, is top level. And I really, you know, follow him and, you know, kind of admire his work. I also uh, did my PhD, so I also know about the academy. So I really appreciate and understand and admire the, the work that he's doing. It's incredible. Okay, great. Warren, thank you so much for sharing that. And our last question for you is, let's go back to 18-year-old Oren. What is the Oren of today going to tell his 18-year-old self? Wow, that's interesting. You know, in the United States, when a youngster gets to the age of 18, you know, you need to choose which college he wants to go and, you know, which major and so on. In Israel, at the age of 18, you need to choose what you want to do with your military service because it's ah. a duty for everyone. You need to choose, you know, whether you want to be a warrior or a pilot or, or some other things that you really would like to, on one hand, to help your country and serve your country on the right way, but on the other hand, to develop your skills and to bring yourself for a position that your contribution is maximum. And I was in a, in a route with the military service that at the age of 18, they allow me, they told me, okay, go ahead, do your bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, and then come back as an engineer and do your service as an engineer. This was very attractive. This is very attractive route in the Israeli uh, military. And I follow this route. I'm really happy with that. And uh, I don't regret for a second because this also allowed me afterwards to go back and complete my master's and PhD and be able to also spend several years in the U.S. So what I would say to go with your heart and what you think that it's the best for your country and the best for you and need to find the the win-win for all of us. Oren, I think that's great advice. And so, Dr. Oren Aton, we have come to the end of our time together. But before we go, what is the best way for people to stay in contact with you? Email. Okay. And should they just go to the website and um, click on one of the links? Yeah, they can do that. Or LinkedIn. I mean, I'm I'm very responsive. Uh, whoever approach me or... You know, if they approach everyone in the company or approach me or by my email, my LinkedIn, I'm accessible. So I'd be glad to expand if someone would like to expand some of the topics or learn more about Odix or about myself. Uh, so I'd be glad to do that. 
Okay, great. And of course, we'll have Oren's contact information and the best way to get in touch with him in the show notes. But again, Dr. Oren Aton, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Tech and Me Present show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me and hope to see you soon. All right, great. And so with that, Tech and Main Presents family, thank you also for listening. And be sure to tune in next time when we will have another technology expert share their wisdom. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to another episode of Tech and Main Presents. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends. And thanks for being a part of the Tech and Main Presents community.